At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. If you're a Disney Plus subscriber and you're watching The Mandalorian, Jack and I have a podcast for you. Every week, we'll discuss the latest episode of The Mandalorian and talk about other great content and maybe some not-so-great content on Disney Plus as well. As two lifelong Star Wars fans, we have a ton of fun geeking out over all the little details of the show, and we want you to join us every Monday. So search for Disney Plus Reviews. That's Disney P-L-U-S Reviews. Hey, Phil, how about that, Baby Yoda? Baby Yoda says, What's the podcast? Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that has no words, our voices in our sword, it's Sifpa. Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live most Saturday mornings or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Oh, wow. Patrons get those perks. <laughs> I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and each week we'll chat about movies, TV, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And please welcome our guest this week. He's Ian freaking Whittington. Of course he has a podcast <laughs> microphone. It's Ian Whittington, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Hello. I feel like that has to be my thing when I get to do the perks. It's as <laughs> seductive as possible. That's right. Sexy British voice <laughs> coming in strong, coming in hot. Uh, good to have you here man i will let you know uh as you're listening you can probably already tell andrew taking the week off getting some uh, well-deserved rest so ian and i are gonna rock the show today Woo! uh talk a little bit about the new screen movie that's in theaters uh tragedy of Macbeth. since we have an englishman here who knows everything about shakespeare <laughs> uh comes killing in that stereotype just, i love yeah, it it's just absolute everybody in, i don't know if you know this i don't i'm just gonna let our listeners know I don't know if you know this, but every single person in England knows everything uh, about uh, the Bard, uh, Willie Willie Shakes. Uh, now so. I'm not going to do anything to dissuade that because I, I, it's true. We do it so much at school. You're not wrong. I bet. At I bet it is true. I bet it is a, a much larger part of your education than it is uh, it's huge. ours. Yeah. All of English lit is. 
500 years old. <laughs> it's great. Ah, yes. The benefits of uh, having a centuries-old uh, nation. Uh, well done. Mm-hmm. Don't know what that's like. You know, we're trying to we're trying to get up to 300 here. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. In your well, teens, basically. <laughs> basically. Adolescence. Uh, yeah, it feels. It definitely feels like adolescence around here these yeah, days. It doesn't <laughs> it? Def- definitely does feel that way. I don't want to wear a mask. <laughs> Uh, all right, so we are going to get into those reviews. We've also got a best ever challenge. One of my favorite best ever challenges we've ever done. This is great. This uh, is so good. I- I'll go ahead and tell you, we did best ever imperative movies. Um, these are movie titles that are telling you to do something. Um, and yeah, this was a lot of fun to put together. So I'm excited to get to that. Uh, and then, of course, we'll do some uh, some buried treasure as well. But let's go ahead and get into it with our reviews. We'll kick it off with Scream. <laughs> no, thank you, Ian. Thank you. Your mic, your microphone, thanks you as well. I you, oh no, the last the last half of that scream was your microphone screaming. I believe. Uh, yes, yeah, like, just in pain. Screaming just, over me. Just nice. in pain. Just in pain. Hello. It's happening. Three attacks so far. Do you have a gun? I'm Sydney Prescott. Of course, I have a gun. Something about this one just feels different. Samantha? I'm, I know who you are. I've been through this a lot. This is your life now, which means that whoever this is is going to keep coming for you. You ready for this? 25 years after a streak of brutal murders shocked the quiet town of Woodsboro, a new killer has donned the ghost face mask and begins targeting a group of teenagers to resurrect secrets from the town's deadly past. Uh, we've got Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, and David Arquette coming back uh, to this one. And then um, a various cast of people you may have seen in other places. I'll go ahead and say their names. Uh, Melissa Barrera, uh, Jenna Ortega, Jack Quaid, uh, Mikey Madison, Jasmine Savoy Brown, Dylan Minnette, uh, and many others as well. Uh, Scream is the fifth in the Scream franchise, uh, yet it is still somehow just called Scream, um, which of course... <laughs> in a Scream movie is talked about in the Scream movie because that's what Scream movies do is they talk mm-hmm. about Scream movies, but they call them stab movies, but we'll get there. Ian, on the scale of liked it, loved it, disliked it, hated it, or it was just okay, what did you think about Scream? <clears throat> Are you ready for this journey? So I started <laughs> off, man, I liked it. Then I really, really liked it. Then I hated it. And then I liked it. I liked it. That's where I'm. I am bang in the middle of liked it. You had but some... I went on a trip. Yeah. Sounds like you had both ends of the passion spectrum there for a bit, mm-hmm. which I guess makes sense what, you know, that you would end up in the liked it camp. I'm going to go high side of liked it, actually. Um, mm. I, could, I think I could say I really liked this movie. Nice. Uh, of the Scream sequels, and I guess we'll start here, and by the way, for our Sif Pop members, we did an extended conversation of our experience with the Scream movies, um, you know, what we thought about the different movies, those kind of things. Uh, you can check that out at our Patreon, patreon.com slash Uh But I will say, of the Scream sequels, I think this is my favorite. It might be a little recency bias. I do have a soft, uh, soft place in my heart for three a little bit, just because the humor is really good in that one. Um, but it's definitely my favorite, this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've only seen two. four. 
in in five or scream re- yep. redo uh so yeah four is the worst so that doesn't surprise yep. me um but yeah re-scream so uh so i really really enjoyed it and i think what i liked the most about it is that it's felt like since the first one this one had the best balance of honoring the genre feeling like it understood what people love about horror movies and at the same time the meta-ness, the you know the winks the the quirky stuff there were moments there were brief moments and maybe this gets into your moments of hating it um although i'm excited to go on this journey with you when you kind of explain it a little bit more there were moments where I was like, okay, that wink was a little too hard. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like, My like there's, there's a difference between looking at the camera going like that and going, <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, look what we're doing here. Uh, and apologies yeah. to the audio audience. Feel free to look up on YouTube uh, what I just did. Uh, but, uh, but let's just say one wink was subtle and the other wink was very, very not subtle. And there are yeah. some of those winks in this movie that are just like, you know, you kind of you kind of shattered the fourth wall in a way yeah. there that that may <laughs> not there. recovery, um, may not have a ability to recover. Um, mm. But for me, those moments were few and far between enough that the movie seemed to live in the better balance. It seemed to me that this movie lives in the better balance uh, in a lot of ways. So yeah, I come out uh, really enjoying it. What are some of your general mm-hmm. thoughts? I mean, I culturally I know the importance of Scream and I know what it's about. Um, and I really having four and this one as the two that I've seen is actually really helpful because four feels like an entirely different group of people made it to the rest of the Scream films, and then it feels like the original people watched four and then said, "You know what." let's make a real screen film mm-hmm. and they yeah. they made this and it feels like this is exactly what the what this type of movie and what the screen franchise is supposed to do it's it's just so self-referential enough to be entertaining and to actually be a commentary without just using it as a crutch to do all the things that it complains it, yeah complains about horror films doing mm-hmm. um yeah so I, I had a really good time i think the original cast is used sparingly and to good effect um the new cast is great um jack quaid steals the show for me as he does in most things um yeah i just had a really good time there are some of those winks that are they're not they are not winks it's like holding the phone up to the screen and saying mm-hmm. hey look what we just did you're, you're absolutely right yeah but yeah there, there's not many of them um i'm interested this isn't always a great way to judge a film but i'm interested how a rewatch will feel because so much of these films are whodunit and i think scream is apparently so rewatchable because it's still fun to watch even if you know who done it mm-hmm. and i'm not too sure about this one I think so. I think the mystery element of this uh, will hold up. I mean, like it's. Uh, and I I'm, hope so. Yeah. I, I think there I, there are several elements to rewatching a movie like this. One mm-hmm. is rewatching, knowing uh, the end, like knowing the killers' motives, like all that kind of stuff. And then there is, you know, uh, so b- if your mind isn't occupied with who done it, what is your mind occupied with, right? Exactly. Is there enough to hold on to? So, and I think there is. I think there's enough humor. I think there's some some really fun performance stuff. If you are a horror fan, which I, you know, it, it, people know, am not, you've got the kills, you've got, you know, um, 
some of the interesting things it's doing with knives and necks and uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah funnily enough i don't i might be on an island here but i'm quite triggered by watching people get stabbed it might that might be very strange but i don't like it isn't that the point though isn't i mean you're you're more of a horror fan than i am in fact you would describe yourself uh-huh. as a horror fan um isn't that yeah, kind yeah. of the point is to be shot not from not f- not grossed <sighs> out but shot i maybe? may not i may not be representative of horror fans in general but for me it's just not like i look away like th- i like the element of shock um of oh my gosh i can't believe they just they just did that but actually watching it it's it's not for me i'm the one that that looks away um uh yeah so maybe i'm a bit of a paradoxical horror fan but the blood and the stabbing and the literally through a neck <laughs> no. no thank you no thank you yeah, so anyhow, I think there are reasons to rewatch a movie like this. And for me, the rewatch would be seeing how well the mystery holds together and mm-hmm. also uh, re-experiencing some of those funny moments, some of the clever meta-ness. The meta-ness gets clever enough that you do kind of have to think through it at points. You know, there's yeah. the, the other beauty about these movies, at least I believe, and may, maybe there are those who disagree, I think in most movies, dating yourself is a problem you know like when you put in pop culture references that are just hot right now you know it can be or a problem songs or songs With or whatever scream is great at doing that yeah we scream though i think it works because oddly they want to date themselves oddly they mm. you know the sense of when it is happening and what's popular then <clears throat> is kind yeah. of part of the point maybe i'm you know maybe again maybe i'm in the minority on that but the idea that you know, the movie shouts out some really interesting references and plays really fast <laughs> and loose with just saying real things from our world, um, yeah. you know, is is really interesting. And then at the same time, one, uh, you know, your main character. Well, let's see, man, that's a spoiler. I guess I can't say that. I guess I'll hold that for a sip spoil, which, by the way, I think we should mm-hmm. do a short one on this just because oh, it is so. a, it's a murder yeah. mystery and there's some stuff mm-hmm. we don't want to spoil for you that, for sure. that still would be interesting to talk about. So. Uh, so yeah, we will do a SIF spoil on that and I will save, uh, the name, let's just say the name of, of one of the characters is, you know, s- straight up name of a character in another horror film. And it's just like, okay, mm-hmm. I see what you're doing here and I kind of like it because it's like, it doesn't linger on it in a way. Um, mm-hmm. but it is kind of contradictory towards the like real world stuff. And then there's, you know, this stuff that's like, well, that doesn't feel like that could be a real thing. Um, so yeah, but anyhow. Yeah, I think I think I know where you went with okay. that. Okay, <laughs> you, right. you did a valiant job. <laughs> I tried to tiptoe around as much as you possible. Did great. <laughs> uh, some other thoughts from you, Ian? Um, yeah, I I'm not sure the resolution of the mystery of who done it paid off for me. Oh, and interesting. I'm, yeah, that is where I drifted into hated it. Oh, um. Yeah, but something pulled me back into liked it. Now that that has to be in in the Sif spoil where we go into that, and it yeah. looks like that's where we diverge. Well, but yeah, I because it sounds like the hated dis- it and the in the and the liked it like happened really quickly there at the end. Then oh, really? Yeah, it, and the fact that I landed on liked it and probably close to where you are mm-hmm. is a testament to how quickly it pulled me back into liked it. So mm-hmm. for me, the mystery doesn't pay off. Um, I. I think the the tone of the metaness is great. So th- there's one scene that grinds the movie to a halt for me, and it's where it, it they describe what this scream movie 
is and the requel kind of speech the requel scene yeah Yeah. exactly so for me it it was like wow this is a scene in a movie and you're gonna sit down and watch it it was so so self-aware but i think it was valuable it did it, it hit you over the head with what the movie is and what exactly it's critiquing so yeah being subtle is great but a lot of pieces fell into place for me after seeing that i was like oh man this is really clever but I, part of me wishes it had found a way to get there without sitting everyone in a room and explaining it. <laughs> <laughs> You're always going to have that in murder mysteries, though. You have to because yes. you have to have like the audience has to know. Even if you look at one of the most incredible movies ever made, Knives Out, you know, um, mm. you look at that movie and there are people sitting in a room talking because we have to experience all of these suspects and we have to experience mm-hmm. all of For their sure. possible motives and all of, you know, yep. so it's. It's a different kind of exposition, but it's definitely, you know, exposition, mm-hmm. but it is part of it's part of both the horror genre and the murder mystery genre. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's definitely something that, that we're gonna have. And you're right, that scene that you're talking about is so crucial <laughs> to where we yes. go. It is yes. so important to what's going on here. So mm-hmm. um Yeah. So I both so, yeah. loved it and hated it. I was like, I wouldn't remove it from the film. But it's the first time I felt myself looking around thinking, right, what's next? Because I think I... I, uh, mm, Yeah, no, that's all I'll say on that. It's definitely, definitely needed. But oof, did I realize it was needed. (laughs) Um, Let's talk a little bit about this new uh, cast, this new group. Because Mm -hmm. I want to mention the twins. Uh, Mason uh, Gooding and Jasmine Savoy Brown play the Meeks Mm -hmm. uh, twins, which are... And this isn't a spoiler, I don't, anything, but they are the uh, so the Randy character, right from the first one. They are his sister's Correct. kids. Correct. Okay, so their yes. uncle was killed in the first film by right. Billy. What's his bucket? Loomis. Yes. Loomis. Yeah. yeah. Loomis. Wow. I remember Billy, but not Loomis. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations on Great. that. Great. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, Billy Loomis and whoever the second killer was. Uh, yeah. Which you know. Mm-hmm. Which I forget, and therefore I am dead. Uh, uh, Jack Quaid is great. You mentioned Jack uh, Quaid. Mm-hmm. Dylan Minnette, I think, is great. Um, and then there's uh, Mikey Madison, who I think does really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then at the center of it is Jen, uh, Jenna Ortega as Tarek Carpenter and Melissa Barrera as Sam Carpenter as sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, I like them. I think it's kind of honestly an unfortunate consequence of these kind of movies that the central characters are often the most boring um and and i didn't it was harder for me to connect to them they tried Mm -hmm. to do some new interesting things with you know melissa's character uh but jenna especially i just like i just i don't know i just wanted more from those two their relationship as sisters i wanted more from it was the part of the movie that i was just like uh this feels like it could have been better to me um did you feel any of that totally totally agree it's the one part of the film where they don't do anything interesting and maybe that's deliberate like that they are the two centerpieces of your slasher horror film they are jamie lee curtis they are whoever you put front and center and they don't do anything different like pretty much everyone around them says hey, this next thing I'm about to do is what happens in horror films, so I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because they kind of don't do it. They do something different. They, they may try, end up yeah. in the same place, yeah. but they try to do something different. These two characters do exactly what they're expected to do throughout the whole film, and 
is by far and away the most predictable part. Now it's delivered great. Like the mm-hmm. actors themselves really, really bored it and enjoyed it. But yeah, no, I totally agree. It feels like if you're really going to be meta, do something with the quote unquote final girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad you uh, used that phrase because it, it, it reminded me to bring up something I wanted to bring up about this kind of new, interesting shift over the last 20, 30 years of horror from the idea of horror being an exploitation of women in the final girl. Mm-hmm. The final girl thing is really because girls were the sexy thing to put on camera and they could, you know, run around in their underwear and, you know, mm-hmm. and they were full down. They were the ones we, they were the ones killers were killing for not being virginal, you know, like all, all yeah. of these tropes that come from kind of an icky place uh, that, mm-hmm. you know, in, in horror. And it's been interesting to see horror shift this to this empowerment thing for the final girls in like every horror movie you watch now has this hero shot uh, of, oh, yes. of multiple women you know like it's just it's it's kind of almost becoming a cliche but i still kind of love it because there is something really interesting about turning that on its head and making the final girl mentality an empowering thing and the power mm-hmm. of these women and the strength of them um so yeah i i, I found that shift you you see it in the halloween franchise you see mm-hmm. it you know in in kind of what's going on in horror in general um and i noticed it here uh, as well. I do feel like we're at the peak of that, and I, I feel like there's we're now at a place where they're untouchable. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of going into the last few horror films that I've seen where they're never in any danger. Like mm-hmm. I, I have no um, no inkling that they're going to be killed, stabbed, yeah. killed. Basically, yeah, is the word. Um, and yeah, I think that's affecting it for me because you should root for them. And they, mm-hmm. if they're being chased, you should feel like they're in danger and they're just not. I will say there's... An, maybe that's fine. Well, there's an element of this one that actually does something new with that idea that we can't talk about until um, the Sif spoil. Uh, so I won't even really dance around it because I, I, I don't even want to hint at it. But there is an element of what it's doing with the final girl mentality here that is different, that I've never seen before at least. And... Um, and I'm excited to talk about that in the Sif spoil. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, you've got Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, and David Arquette coming back. How did you feel about seeing uh, seeing them in this? Of course, you, you're not a, you've never seen the original, so yeah. This is where I miss out. Like I'm, it's it is buttered on so thick. I can feel the nostalgia, and I can mm-hmm. feel the audience. And even though there's only three people in the theater with me, I can feel <laughs> everyone going, "Oh, it's so good to see them on screen." Um, fine, I, I'm. Uh, is it a spoiler to say they're not in it a huge amount? I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I just think said it. I think that's understandable for these yeah. these requels, uh, legacy, mm. legacy sequels, whatever you know people want to call yeah. them. Um, <laughs> they that, yeah. that the legacy people aren't in it uh, necessarily a ton. Although you look at Halloween and Jamie Lee Curtis certainly is at the center of that one. So you know, which is why yeah, that's a bad example, isn't yeah, it? It's it fascinating. Is, yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, I think they used the correct amount. I enjoyed seeing them. I think all of their performances are a billion times better and more convincing than, um, four man. Dewey in, in four is essentially his character in scary movie. Mm-hmm. Um, he's so stupid and ridiculous and it, they were just, they were far more enjoyable to watch in this film. And I think there was a, a good amount of restraint with what they were given to do that mm-hmm. I really enjoyed. 
Yeah. Uh, I would agree with that. Um, I thought David Arquette was really good. I thought Nev Campbell was really good. I thought Courtney Cox was fine. Um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, take that as you will. Uh, but yeah, I thought I th- it was good to have them in the movie as somebody who, mm-hmm. who really likes the original. I think they were used well uh, mm-hmm. in the film. Um, I guess we can kind of do one last thing unless you have a bunch of stuff you want to talk about. Um, no, I mean, I might do if I had seen the entire franchise, but <laughs> I... I even as a standalone horror film, um, I enjoyed it. I think this is the of the two that I've watched. This is the one that I'll watch again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, my one last thing is that I think this movie does some really fun things with the modernization of the slasher film. Uh, it deals with modern life honestly in a lot of mm-hmm. ways. Uh, there is a moment. I'm going to go ahead and say it here. Minor spoiler for the first scene of of this movie, so you know you'll you'll see this pretty quickly. But there's a, there's a moment where they're doing the typical you know want to play a game, you know, um, mm-hmm. and they do the trivia game, and the character looks up an answer on their phone, and it's just like I was it's, so thankful. It's so perfect. In like the movie yep. has several of those kind of moments where it's like no 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 we're aware. That modern mm-hmm. life has changed how this would go down. Um, yeah. So I was squirming, squirming because she's on the landline. She mm-hmm. has a mobile phone in mm-hmm. her hand. And I'm like, please, please, I'm begging you. <laughs> I am begging you to Google this, please. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and she does. Uh, and she does, which is great. Uh, yeah. So the, the movie does have those moments. So I, I did want to shout that out as well. Uh, it's a recommend for me, a non-horror fan. Um, I mm-hmm. think it really does capture the the energy and spirit of the first better uh, than any of the other sequels have. Um, and it does the thing that Lego sequels do so well. You know, it just it kind of merges you into... you play in the universe. Yeah, yeah. In, in a way that really feels like it's it's genuinely wrestling and honoring the the entirety of what's going on here. And, mm-hmm. and unlike the Halloween Lego sequels... This movie is saying ev- everything's still canon. One through four, all that really happened. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. it's um, so so that's fun to me too. I like it when a, a franchise is willing to be canonically consistent and just say, "Hey, it, you know, mm-hmm. we maybe don't like oh, four, but it happened." Yeah, you know. How would it do it otherwise? Like, can you imagine if it it did a memory? I don't know. Maybe that's where it's going next. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. There you go. That is Scream. Uh, It is in theaters only for now. I'm sure it will quickly make its way to be available on digital. Um, So you can go check that out. All right, let's move on to the tragedy of Macbeth. We thought I heard a voice cry, sleep no more. Are you a man? Ah, and a bold one. That dare look upon that which might appall the devil. Macbeth, the Thane of Glamis, receives a prophecy from a trio of witches that one day he will become king of Scotland. Consumed by ambition and spurred uh, to action by his wife, Macbeth murders his king and takes the throne for himself. Spoilers! Uh, this is, <laughs> <laughs> this is the tragedy of Macbeth. Uh, interestingly enough, this one is, um, I, I was going to say the, the Coen brothers, but it's <clears throat> not. Nope. It's just, just Joel, Joel Cohen. just Joel doing this one. 
mm-hmm. you can find it on Apple TV Plus. You've got Denzel Washington uh, at the the center, um, and lots an in, incredible cast uh, heading out in this one, including Francis McDormand. Um, Brendan Gleeson shows up in there and lots of others doing really great work. Uh, this is written by a man named Will. Uh, <laughs> Spare. Um, oh, Bill. <laughs> Bill Shakaspere. Bill. Yeah. Shakaspere. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, no, but it's interesting. Uh, you know, black and white, you know, very, uh, I think the aspect ratio is like four by three, like some interesting uh-huh. choices going on here. What did you think about uh, the tragedy of Macbeth? Uh, did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? I liked it. That's it. Yep. <laughs> That's where I am. Fair I enough. It. Just above it's okay. I-, I liked it. Man, I struggled with this one, Ian. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I am still going to say I liked it. Um, and I think we're exactly in the same place. <laughs> it's one of those movies. I'm going to say low side of liked it. Uh, I think that better yeah. reflects my overall feelings. Um, it is one of those movies where you go in with an expectation and then you come out going, <clears throat> yeah, that's the movie I thought I was going to see. <laughs> uh-huh. And somehow that's disappointing. <laughs> and somehow it is. I don't know. Yes. Um, you know, it's just like, cause we're uncultured. That's why. Well, I know the story of Macbeth. Like I've seen other Macbeths. Uh-huh. It's not my favorite Shaka Spare. Uh, mm-hmm. so like I already have a little bit going against it because this story to me is just a little bit, I mean, obviously, when this story came out, it was so fresh, and you have no idea. The first time I went to the theater in the round in England uh-huh. and you know watched yeah. Shakespeare, nobody had ever done a story like this. But it has just become no. such a everything in this story has been troped to death in other stories mm-hmm. throughout time, and um, and so it does have that element <clears throat> of just feeling like I don't know, do I need to watch this again? Like mm. you know. I really enjoyed Sif Pop episode three, where you covered the, the original sixteen oh six version. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so that element is balanced with, oh my goodness, Joel Cohen, look what you did! Like some of these scenes are oh, man. Gorgeous. gorgeous. Like this is this yeah. is an every frame of painting kind of movie, and mm-hmm. if and that- some of the transitions between shots, yes unreal yeah it, it is kind of that thing is is a film nerd you're just going joel cohen Oof. way to go and then at the same time you're going but i like I, <laughs> for me watching movies is about experiencing a story learning <clears throat> something thinking yeah. about something feeling something and those things yeah, it's just really technically amazing you know mm-hmm. so i just i just kind of come out of it you know feeling like yeah props for a movie that mm. i just didn't find my way into <laughs> hand on heart did you were you scrolling when you watched the film did you did you reach for your phone i did, did you find yourself having yeah i i did um but for the most part i think i was re recaptured by the visuals uh enough mm-hmm. uh not to do that i apologies for uh, all the people that lets down but yeah it is one of those movies was like i i know this story i know <laughs> You know, I understand the speech that's happening here, <laughs> you know, so yeah. I, I say it, I say it not to shame you, but to make myself feel better because <laughs> I found myself doing the same and I was like, you know what, Ian, you're being, you're being a bit of an ass here. So mm-hmm. I put the phone down 25 seconds later. I was like, nope, <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. I know this. 
but you're right. You get sucked back in with some of the visuals. Like we give out quite a bit about using black and white and how, what does it really serve. And mm-hmm. I don't think some of these shots work. I know some of these shots don't work if it's in color. It is almost like an acid trip. Like, mm-hmm. some, not that I know what that is like, but <laughs> what movies tell me an acid trip is like mm-hmm. for some of the transitions and some of the visuals. And it is, yeah, it is absolutely gorgeous for a film I have no interest in watching again. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Of the, of the black and white movie, this this year has just been black and white yeah, monochromatic. after black and white yeah. after black mm-hmm. and white. And for some of them, I'm looking at you, come on, come on, and possibly mm-hmm. even Belfast, uh, you know, there you kind of go, Why? For this one, I kind of yeah. get it. You know, f- you know, you're making s- several artistic choices here that are meant to give you an ability to capture something different, to capture something mm-hmm. in a way, you know, that hasn't been captured before. And you're right, some of it doesn't work if it's uh, in color. Um, so I get it here. I understand it here. I still mm-hmm. don't connect to that art artistic artsy thing that's like oh black and white is so much more cinematic elevated yeah you know what it reminds it reminds me of something that i generally push back against uh i think it's a type of nostalgia i think what we're dealing with here are emotions of the way it used to be and you you trying to recapture the golden age you see this in uh you know the pushback again now there are other reasons for this and we can go into them or not i don't care we have this conversation i love this conversation high frame rate you know when we talk about like the idea of more frames per second the idea of doing 60 Mm -hmm. 90 120 frames every second which is crazy how much clearer and brighter (laughs) in you know this stuff is but there's this pushback against, no, what about the grain of the film? What about the, you know, and it's like, well, the grain of the film was annoying to the first people who had <laughs> to watch. They, If they could have had digital, they would have been like, give me digital. Oh you gosh, know, like, yeah, yeah. Why are people choosing to listen to this song right. on vinyl? It's like, yes. Yeah. Well, okay. So vinyl actually has advantages over uh, this compression that's in some digital. Like I can mm-hmm. kind of see yeah. that. And there is something with, um, you know, film, like actual film, that for a long time did have advantages over digital. You could only do mm-hmm. a certain resolution in digital, but the resolutions you can do in digital now and the frame rates you can do uh, eliminate any of that advantage yeah. um, that, that film actually has. And I know there are film lovers who would argue the opposite side. I understand that. Um, but I'm just saying, I think for me, this black, this love of black and white, this love of film grain, the little bit of blurriness to a film, as opposed to it being super sharp and clear, uh, is just because that's how we've, we've experienced it. It's just that normal Mm -hmm. human nature thing of this is what I know. And this is what I think it's a movie is supposed to look like. And, you know, we are, we are missing some pretty intense, incredible experiences sometimes because Mm -hmm. we're not you know, playing with color or playing with sharper images or, you know, those kind of things using it almost feels a bit easy. Doesn't it? Going yeah. 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 There, there is that element of it. So I, I understand that there are things you can do in black and white that you can't do uh, in color because it, it washes out, you know, uh, the need to color correct those kind of, well, there is color correction in black and white. Please. I understand that, but I'm just saying to, <laughs> you know, uh, to do those. Oh, do you even watch movies? <laughs> I don't. I don't. I'm so defensive today. I have no idea <laughs> why are. I'm so defensive today. Uh, 
but anyhow, uh, I am I am pro technology changing the way we watch things. Uh, anytime I get a chance to see something in high frame rate, I am pumped to do so, mm-hmm. especially in 3D, which is another technology we can talk about. Can be such a tool to tell stories. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm excited to see Avatar two later this year. What James Cameron does, uh, it may be the first. If, uh, well, if I mean, it's always it comes out. It really feels like it's happening this year, Ian. I'm telling you, it <laughs> yeah, I'm feels sure it like does. it. But I'm, I'm sure like, it does. Like I'm trying to figure out, like how far am I willing to drive to see Avatar in you know the highest frame rate in the yeah. best theater, and because he is so keen on the digital experience and using mm-hmm. those tools perfectly, it'll probably be the first time I really seek out a 3D movie in a long time. Even yeah. though I love 3D, I was always a proponent of 3D, still am. Um, but I think it goes hand in hand with with frame rate and maybe glasses free technology, which you know uh, totally. becomes yeah. becomes a little bit of an issue. But um, but yeah, anyhow, that's a little bit of a bunny trail there. But as you watch something like this, you go, I get mm-hmm. it on some level. But I do think there's the beauty that that cinematographers talk about with black and light white is a nostalgia uh, thing more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So no, yeah. I don't disagree. Yep. Having uh, said that, it's great in this movie. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. Uh, what else do you want to talk about with Macbeth? How is the story for you, Ian? <laughs> well, shock, twists and turns abound. There's always that element of maybe they will, but that wasn't what this movie was no, going for. No, that's not for. what it this movie is. No. That wasn't the idea. I will say, I don't know if this is... I don't know if it's me being uncultured or whatever. I say that tongue-in-cheek, but... I feel like all of the actors were having a much better time than anybody watching it. Like, mm. they were mm-hmm. eating it up. And it's, like, it's up there with the probably one of, if not the best, Macbeth performances that I've seen. Like, sure. Denzel is stunning. Like, he is absolutely delivering it. Francis McDormand, I think, steals the film and absolutely kills, ha-ha, Lady Macbeth. <laughs> um, and the, the casting's just fantastic. They absolutely nailed the casting. There's some interesting... Mm-hmm turns on the characters that are really enjoyable um i've just got sucked back into classroom i was really surprised um how many of the speeches i remembered mm-hmm. and it's great sure. because it means that i understood them a bit better because i had to pull them apart at school but it just reminded me that man i've seen this film so many times and it's it's hard to treat the film fairly because you shouldn't judge it by all of the other adaptations it's its own thing and and let it be that but i think going into a story like macbeth you've got to accept that there's going to be some baggage with it but yeah having said that i think all of the performances are great i would love to perhaps just re-watch the the denzel and francis francis mcdormand stuff um i think they absolutely nail it yeah no, but it's still Macbeth. <laughs> but it, it's still just Macbeth. And, you know, mm-hmm. it wasn't five years ago there was another Macbeth uh, yeah. that, that came out. Um, I'm trying to remember who was in that. Um, I think that was 2016, 2015. Uh, that was the Fassbender uh, Macbeth. Mm, um, yes. And, yeah, you always just kind of wonder... Are they going to put some sort of spin on it? Are they going to do, you know, you kind of expecting it, aren't and, you? Yeah. And, and there's so many Shakespeare stories, surprise, surprise. Um, he was he wrote quite a bit. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he has quite a few um, mm-hmm. plays that he that he made. Um, I want to see more Othello. I want to see more stuff like that, which is yeah. has a far more interesting story to me, far more engaging. This power-hungry mm-hmm. madman story, uh, kind of done with it. Yeah. 
Are there any movie like, you know, Lion King is based on Hamlet. Um, you know, the, what is it? Uh, oh, I'm, I'm forgetting. The, West Side Clu- Story based Clueless. on Romeo and Juliet. No, no, no. Yeah. Clu- Clueless is based on Shakespeare too, right? Um, uh, I think. Yeah. I think so. Oh, what fifty? Not fifty first. Damn it! Yeah, he wrote fifty first dates. Um, no, <laughs> Maybe ten things I hate about ten things I hate about you. That's what I'm thinking. Clueless was based, yeah, on, based Emma. on Taming of the Shrew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Taming of the Shrew. Ten yeah. things. I, so, like, is there anything mm-hmm. like that for Macbeth? Am I missing something in my cultural awareness of somebody who was like, let's take Macbeth and like do Game that story? But <laughs> well, okay. I don't. Sure. I don't. I'm sure there is. Um, there's not one for me that's as famous as Ten Things I Hate About You. Um, yeah, not one that's coming to mind. Man uh, sees just, prophecy, kills king. Yeah, yeah. I just did a, a quick search, and the one that came up was Men of Respect. Uh, this is a 1991 crime thriller right. that takes Macbeth uh, with uh, John Turturro uh, as the lead and basically puts it in a gangster setting. So, um, Oh, interesting. So, yeah. So, there's one. I've never heard of that movie. Uh, never seen it, but just a quick Google search mm-hmm. uh, revealed it. So it's so broad. There's yeah. there's plenty of films you could call as Macbethish. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, I don't know that I have much else to say about this. Uh, I, really I think don't. we kind of covered all the things I wanted to talk about. Um, you know, as far as re- recommending it, uh, it's hard not to, considering the performances and how beautiful it is. Feels like an insult to not recommend it, doesn't it? It does. But- it feels like it deserves a recommend. Um, but but yeah, it's 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 so funny because it feels like we're coming out of this going, eh, this movie was nah, okay, maybe didn't like it. But no, we both said we yeah. liked it because it's just <laughs> that it is that technically achieving, <clears throat> even though yeah, like story is so important to me, and story here is just yeah, it's Macbeth. <laughs> yeah, so. it's like I know every beat of this yeah. so much. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. true. It's becoming the new Spider-Man origin story. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Spider-Man did it first. Tragedy of Macbeth is on Apple TV+. Plus. Uh, I don't know if we mentioned that yet, but it is available there. Um, and that is where you can watch it. Before we head on to the Best Ever Challenge, we are going to uh, remind you that there is a membership at Patreon that uh, you can take, check out, take a look at. Patreon.com slash SIFPOP. Uh, SIFPOP members get a lot of fun stuff depending on uh, the level of membership. I mentioned, I think, previously in this episode... Uh, that we talked about the Scream franchise in a little bit more detail on the members-only bonus show. So there is a level of Sifpop member that gets your own podcast feed where you get all the main episodes ad-free, so no uh, ads in those episodes uh, for members, as well as all the bonus podcasts, which we try to do one every single week. For the most part, uh, we're able to accomplish that. Um, so go check that out at patreon.com slash There's also uh, monthly hangouts, uh, all sorts of fun stuff for our Sif Pop members. So again, that's patreon.com slash Sif At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let's move into the best ever challenge. As mentioned, one of my favorites in a long time. Best ever Yay! imperative movies. <clears throat> um, this was this. Here's how I know when I've locked onto a best ever challenge that I really love. I don't want to stop researching. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> like I'm like my- <laughs> I know there's more. I know uh-huh. there's more in this category. My favorite thing about this is that everything is an imperative movie if you change the tone slightly. Yeah, I like, mean, yeah, you could cheat. Most of it's like, yeah. back to the future. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> yes, yes. You could. I did think about cheating a few. I don't think I cheated. There's one on my list that is just a... <clears throat> but I think it's intentional. I think it's one that plays with, like Scream does, the fact that it uh-huh. is both a thing, a scream, and also scream like telling you you should scream you know i have one this, like that but yeah. i have one like that as well and it is it's very specific and i i, I think you'll allow it but it's it's exactly nice. the same nice yeah. i was curious how 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 we would how everybody would do this but um, i was tempted to really really push it it's like spider man <laughs> <laughs> all right Ian. all right off the show you're never coming back uh yeah yeah, no but this but again this is one of those topics where it's like no i don't want to cheat it that much because it's it's such a beautiful Mm -hmm. topic already and there are plenty of good examples uh of these kind of movies so let's go from number Mm -hmm. five to number one ian why don't you kick us off what's your number five movie with an imperative movie title this is my dodgy one and it only applies to one in the franchise and it's saw okay yeah no i that works absolutely sure because, especially like the first one, spoiler, he has to soar to escape. Mm-hmm. So it, yeah. it is very much, it's not as intended, I think, as an imperative. But for this one, it is, yeah, to get out of this, you're going to yeah. have to soar, my man. I'm sorry. <laughs> so yeah, I, I enjoyed that. Uh, yeah, no, Saw is a perfectly fine cho- uh, choice. I did not have that mm. on my list. Uh, nope, not a fan of those That's movies, understandable. But, uh, but um, yeah, this one in particular, I love. I, yeah. I th- I've I've definitely spoken about it on this show before. That twist at the end where he's in the room all along mm-hmm. and the score that is not these movies are not worthy of the score that is in that is in them. Yeah. Um the bum 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 is so so good. So yeah, yeah. I, if I reach for a saw film it's this one. Ian's number five is Saw. Uh my number five is Say Anything. Um I haven't seen this. This is really good. Uh, there may be a little bit of nostalgia here, a little bit yeah. of, you know, this, you know, seeing this at a time. Um, but this, this, and there are a lot of tropes here. There are a lot of romantic tropes, those kind of things. But the indelible image of him holding the, you know, the boombox up and, you know, playing the song and, 
uh yeah there's just a, a lot of great great stuff here um uh in this movie just a lot of performances from young uh uh actors who have gone on to great careers mm-hmm. and you can just see the charisma just dripping off the screen um in the chemistry from these people so uh yeah. say anything is one of my favorites so that comes in at number five for me uh let's move on to our number fours what do you got at number four burn after reading um, yes i I think this is my favourite Coen Brothers film, and I know oh, that's, that's like wow. tough competition. There's a lot. Something about this I keep coming back to, and it's yeah. the it's Brad Pitt. I, I th- it's it's <laughs> well, yeah, it's Brad Pitt for sure. But there's also the it's just all of the scenes where it's like, well, what did we learn? I mean, like it's the fact that the FBI guys everything resolves itself. And mm-hmm. It's like, well, I, I don't know if we learn anything. I was like, well, great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, gets me every time. And just the 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 scene of Brad Pitt hiding in the closet and George Cook just bam dead mm-hmm. yeah it is i've i think it's one of the most shocking moments i've had in a cinema it's definitely top five because this was i was uh when did this come out 2006 or seven Man, something Coen, like that yeah probably uh the coen brothers movies I, it's hard for me to place them in time mm. uh sometimes it was but, yeah it was early in my like adultish cinema career. It was so eight. I, w- I went in two thousand eight. Yeah, so, yeah, eighteen. Yeah. So I was I was not expecting to go into a movie where Brad Pitt is on the cover and Brad Pitt dies. So that was that was yeah, yeah. that was amazing. It was shocking. The psycho effect. Uh, Hitch- yeah, Hitchcock pulled that off so well. Exactly. In that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So there you go. Uh, Ian's number four is Burn After Reading. My number four is the one that, uh, you know, might be a little bit uh, iffy, but I don't don't think so. It's the same in the Scream and Saw vibe. Uh, I went with Doubt uh, at number four. Um, Oh, that works. I think I I definitely think it works. Um, It is a thing. Doubt is a thing, but the movie is also Mm -hmm. saying Doubt. Um, this movie is incredible. Yeah. Man, the performance. Have you seen this, Ian? I haven't seen oh, it. No, I haven't. Man, the performances in this one. Next time, uh, listen, next time you're in town, you're going to be in town for a little bit longer. We are doing, mm-hmm. like, catchy up, Ian List up of on. shame moves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, nice. And Doubt might be one of them. Um, Philip Seymour Hoffman doing incredible work here. Mm-hmm. Mel Streep doing incredible work here. Amy Adams doing incredible work here. Just, like, all around. And then it's just one of those you know, conundrum movies where at the end you're just like, ah, what would I do? Like, how would I handle the situation? Mm-hmm. What would I believe? What would I think? Um, so yeah, doubt is, doubt is always going to be up there for me. It is my number. Four. It has just gone onto my little list of films. Nice. Nice. Uh, it's getting far too long. <laughs> it's no longer a little list. Uh, no, it's a, at least a medium list. Uh, <laughs> what is your number three? Ian? Man, now that I'm looking at it, this might be iffy as well, but Die Hard. <laughs> no, no, Die Hard works. It's absolutely good. intentional. Okay, yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah. no, Die Hard works, yeah. yeah. Like, you, Mr. McLean, Die Hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, do we need to say anything about this film? It's great. Yeah, it, it's... It's it's amazing. It's uh, one of the most copied movies in history, probably. Mm-hmm. Like, it's And just... some films you don't even realize are copying it, are copying it. Yes, yes. Yeah, let's just say we have a very recent experience where yes. a movie that I had seen and probably maybe pieced a th- couple things together didn't realize is a direct copy oh, of Die yes. Hard, intentional on every level, and, scene for scene, and yeah, uh, and yeah uh, just just realize that. Um, so, and people are wondering why we're not telling you what the movie we're thinking of is. Yeah. 
uh, and it's because it's from our other job and we are sworn to secrecy on some things. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Uh, anyhow. Yeah. No, Die Hard works and we've said plenty about it and um, man, so many great, great scenes. So many, mm-hmm. you know, memeable things. Um, Welcome to the party, pal. Come out to the coast. <laughs> have a few laughs. Get together. It'll be fun. Yeah. Like just all that stuff. Uh, yeah. So good. Now we know what a TV dinner feels like. Uh, die Hard <sighs> uh, in Ian's number three. My number three is Do the Right Thing. Um, this uh, is an incredible look at race uh, in America. Uh, Spike Lee, uh, one of his first movies and just just nails it um the feel is right the tone is right i only recently marked it off my list of shame with within the pandemic um which mm-hmm. unfortunately could be any time within the last <laughs> two and a half years unfortunately uh-huh. uh but uh but have recently knocked it off my list of shame and man there have been many things over the last five years i feel myself kind of getting emotional but um there are many things over the last five years that have awakened me to how asleep I've been on some things if, mm-hmm. for how long. And yeah. uh, and Do the Right Thing is one of those movies um, where I watched and I went, this was the 80s, man. This was like people were, sh- were, were, were shouting in the 80s, look at what's happening. And, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't wake up until you know, uh, you know, progressively over 20 years or whatever. Like it's just it's yeah. one of those things that challenged me watching it this much later and going like like this is this the story is the same and it's just like um so anyhow how many times are we going to keep repeating it? right it's just it's a really powerful film and um and is my favorite uh spike lee so uh so yeah Yeah, that may have to go pretty much near the top of my list it's on my list as well yeah so there you go do the right thing comes in at my number three uh and is a great imperative because you should Mm. do the right thing yeah Shouldn't have to be told either. Uh, all right. So number two. So what do you got at number two? Oh, I messed up and I gave you my number two. So my number three is. <laughs> like, Ian, that doesn't sound Ian, right. Do <laughs> do the right week. order. Uh, do the imperative. right order. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, so my number three is. I mean, well done to Phil for bringing up the right film <laughs> yeah. somehow. But yeah. yeah. Catch me if you can yeah. was my number three. Well, um, I'm both trumping you and also not trumping okay. you because it's also my number two. <laughs> so <laughs> amazing, yeah, great film. Um, uh, it oh, Leonardo DiCaprio. This was. I, I think that it was. It may not have been chronologically in time order, but in terms of which order I saw his films in, this is where I really took him seriously. And I was like, oh, he's not Jack from Titanic. He is he's an actor. He's doing a great performance. Yeah. And that scene where they are face-to-face and he talks himself out of it somehow is incredible mm-hmm. and believable. Like, usually it's like, nope, game over. Like, something ridiculous has to happen. There's no ex machina. He just talks himself out of getting caught. It's phenomenal. It is such an incredible film. Uh, Spielberg, you may not know this, great movie director, uh, really understands <laughs> how to tell a story. Uh, it is kind of one of those Spielbergs yeah. that I think flies under people's radar for some reason. It is, um, yeah. But it is, it, it's top tier Spielberg in my opinion. You, you've got DiCaprio and Hanks, two of the best to ever do the thing that they're mm-hmm. doing and doing it really, really well. Um, yeah. Speaking of 
you know what I'm I'm going to say this and it may be wrong because it may be somebody else but I'm going to say Amy Adams. We just mentioned Amy Adams. I think Amy Adams makes like her first film appearance for like 3 seconds in this movie. Oh, that's um, amazing. Uh, you know, this this is one of those movies when you watch it now you're going, "Hey, look at that person. I know that hey, person." Look at her. Um, so it's either Amy Adams or uh, uh, somebody else that I'm thinking. Uh, no, of. yeah, she's in it. There you she go. She is in it. There you go. Absolutely, well done. Um, so amazing, Brenda Strong. Yeah, Catch Me If You Can is phenomenal. Great choice uh, for your number three, apparently, and my number two, <laughs> which brings us to Good our Lord. number ones. Which Ian's is actually his number five. He he mistakenly yeah, uh, gave I his number one first. But uh, <laughs> now, what is your number one imperative movie? Aaron, if you keep being mean to me, I'm going to tell you to get out. Uh, such a good choice. Yeah. Such a good choice. So good. Um, talk about elevated horror. Mm-hmm. Did Jordan Peele just invent the genre? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, but he is knocking it out of the park. And this film is like great visuals. I could almost understand this being in black and white as well. Um, it's, oh, I love it. It's such a good film. Um famously important one of my miss the boat movies um Mm. this is when people ask the question of what movie uh you know grew on you majorly in time get out is that movie it's not one of my favorite movies it is now one of my favorite movies of all time Mm -hmm. when i saw it i think i gave it like a b like i liked it like i i got Mm. what i liked about it the more i watched it the more i was in awe of what's going on in this movie um and i think it was it was maybe the horror elements that kept me you know, at bay from seeing it right away, but um, mm. but yeah, no. Actually, I, horror I, feels like the wrong label for it, doesn't it? Like, yeah, it technically fine. It's a horror, but it's just not. Like, yeah. it's it's just a film that you need to watch. Well, for the best conversation about the idea of horror and elevated horror, uh, check out the new Scream movie in theaters. Uh, <laughs> 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 where yes, Jordan Peele is name dropped. Uh, oh, so, of course he is. So yeah. There you go. Uh, no, Get Out is a great choice for number one. Uh, my mm-hmm. number one should be obvious uh, for those who know how much I love Hitchcock. Uh, my number one is Dial M for Murder. Um, this is, speaking of 3D, something I always bring up when we talk about this movie, is this was Hitchcock's only movie that he crafted for 3D. Um, and so this movie, when it was released, uh, was shown in uh, 3D in some places. Even the... Uh, the most impactful image from the movie that you see on the movie poster of her reaching back um, is something that Hitchcock was like, if we do this in 3D, uh, you know, the hand will come out into the the audience as she's trying to find the scissors. Um, this is a this movie is spectacular in 2D. It's beautiful. And to me, it's the best example of how to use 3D to actually enhance the story instead of as a gimmick. Um, he is using that uh, the elements of space in this movie in some really interesting and fun ways. Plus, the plot is just really interesting and intense. And um, Dial In for Murder is is a great one. Grace Kelly is just one of the best. And um, yeah, if you haven't checked it out. On my list. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It is yep. my number one. Dial M for Murder. Uh, let's talk about some honorable mentions. Uh, there certainly are plenty of them. I, I tried to keep it to movies like I really, really would recommend um, as opposed to just naming a bunch of okay to middling movies that, that are imperatives. Cause there are plenty of these. Um, some of them, I guess I, I, I can mention from our live chat, a couple that people have mentioned that are on my <clears> list. <throat> yeah. uh, Stand by me um, was mentioned uh, as one yeah, of those on my list. Um, also walk, uh, walk the line 
another good one that uh, that was mentioned uh, in mm-hmm. the chat. Um, Let the right one in was also mentioned uh, yeah. in the chat. So yeah, this is this is a fun one. Um, did you want to kind of go through yours, and then if I have any to clean up, I'll I'll just uh, throw those out there. I'm great at doing honorable mentions in the fact that I didn't look at any. Um, so oh. let's go with your list. All right, we'll just go <laughs> through so uh, This one is a little bit of a cheat. Um, probably the most cheat of any movie I've mentioned, but I really do enjoy this movie. Mm-hmm. Did a rewatch recently. I think it stands up really, really well. Uh, Speed, um, which that's that's it's the most cheaty. It's the most cheaty of, of any of the mentions, but I wanted to mention yeah. it. So, um, we'll let it. We'll let it. This we'll let one's it. better along the same lines. Uh, Ryan Gosling in Drive, um, mm-hmm. because that is yeah. definitely what that movie is saying. Uh, we mentioned Stand By Me, um, Attack the Block. Have you seen Attack yeah. the Block? Great stuff. I have seen Attack the Block. Um, Amazing. Jodie Whittaker jumping in our yes. future Doctor Who. Yes. Yeah, yeah and uh, our future uh, Finn from Star Wars uh, in Attack the Block as well. Um, yes. Uh, why am I forgetting his name? I Huge apologies. He's oh, amazing. Um, John Boyega. Yeah, Boyega. Yes. Um, yeah. Recently, Don't Look Up, uh, an imperative uh, movie title that I would yes. throw out there. really enjoyed that. Uh, Kill Bill, Volumes 1 and 2, uh, probably worth mentioning. Uh, Walk the Line was mentioned. Uh, Run Lola Run, uh, really fun, interesting movie. And on that same exact title structure, Run Fat Boy Run, also a yes. a really nice. fun one. That's um, good. I just oh, oh Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. Mm, that's that, uh, that's a, go. That Barb is not Star, what that title go. is saying. But <laughs> tone, I love it. It's my favorite new game. Change the tone of a film with how you say the title. Uh, Run, Fat Boy, Run. Uh, interestingly enough, I just re-realized. I think I knew this at one point, but David Schwimmer directed Run, Fat Boy, Run. I was like, I. That's so strange. Isn't that strange? Um, uh-huh. It's a really David fun Schwimmer movie, of though. Stamp fame. <laughs> yes, correct, correct. <laughs> um, and then the only other one I had to mention is uh, really way under the radar. But if you like improv or have done improv before or whatever, um, there's a great movie by Mike Birbiglia called Don't Think Twice. Uh, that is really interesting and fun. Um, so high recommend for me. Don't think twice. Um, Rent. <laughs> Ian. Yes, what? you're not they wrong. They can't buy. They have to rent. I understand what like, you're saying. Rent. <laughs> it's my own fault. I said speed. I shouldn't have. Yep. It's it's all over. I opened you up open the, the door. Doors. I opened the door. Yeah. All right. Let's move into our buried treasure for the week. What is that one thing in any area of pop culture that you want to let people know about? Ian, you're our guest, so you will go last. Um, Yay. I'm going to talk about the thing I can't stop talking about. Uh, I'm going to mention Beat Star uh, uh, and game that I am playing. Uh, and I mention nice. it. I mention it here because I mentioned it in other places, and people have really fallen in love uh, with this game. Um, so yeah, Beat Star is just one of those tap games where you tap the notes as they come down. It's very rock band, you know, um, Guitar Hero esque, except you're just using your thumbs. And what I love about it. Why I've fallen in love with it is I think the beat design is really well done. When you are Mm -hmm. playing this game and you are on your game, you feel like some sort of musician god. Like you, you do. You really Mm -hmm. feel like you're like, uh, you know, playing these beats in a in a really fun, interesting way. And so it just you feel so much cooler than you actually are. Uh, when you when you play yeah. this game, so uh, lots Much of fun. Like guitar hero, you know there's there is an element of 
some of the songs you're not going to like hearing over and over again. Some of them you're going to love hearing over and over again. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a pretty broad range, honestly, of music genres and types um, that are in the game. Um, But every song is fun to play. And I still like the most joy I get in this game is when I get a new song and playing it for the first time. And it's just like, there's this thing of like, can I like read this music? Like, you know, you feel like you're in, you feel like you're entering, <laughs> Sight reading. you feel like you're entering the matrix where it's just like, I'm seeing patterns and beats and yeah. It's, I know Kung Fu. Yes. Yes, exactly. I know Song Fu. I know. Yes. Yeah, I yes. know Song Fu now. Yeah. That is a I thought that you were going to say your favorite moment was specifically beating my scores on songs, <laughs> which you seem to take great joy in. <sighs> uh, Can't just let listen, me have it. Listen, I I have a little bit of a competitive streak. I'm not going to lie. No. Uh, but, Get out. <laughs> but I'm not targeting you, Ian. I'm targeting songs where I don't have a first place. So if Somehow that... that's worse. I'm collateral damage. <laughs> you don't even care enough to beat me on purpose. It just happens as part of your day today routine uh-huh yeah great yeah i'm yeah. not even a threat to you <laughs> <laughs> uh beat star should be available in your app store uh my name on the game is aaron dicer there's only one of me so i think in the game they do like number one number two if people have the same username yeah so it's aaron dicer number one uh ian i know is playing the game as well you're welcome to give out uh your beat star handle if you want uh but feel free to I think so I think it's ENGW, I think. <laughs> Add somebody called ENGW. You'll have some fun, I'm sure. Uh so so yeah, there's the like the friend stuff that's interesting is just the competitive stuff, right? Like, you know, seeing mm-hmm. where you rank against uh people. Yeah, for um, sure. And that kind of stuff. So yeah, Beatstar, check it out. It is tons of fun. Um mm-hmm. Ian, what is your buried treasure? Uh, mine's a film from two th- that was a weird thing to say 2021 like from last year um not too sure when but it's unforgivable oh yeah um and this was i believe a netflix film um i don't think that's the right <laughs> film that is not the, that is not the poster no nope. nope. this has got sandra bullock um and vincent d'onofrio john bernthal viola, uh, uh, viola davis um it is not a sandra bullock performance that you will expect um Mm. very 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 different from don't go in expecting um miss congeniality or that that film that was that her miss congeniality yes 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 no it was sorry i get that confused with legally Legally blonde i I knew exactly what movie you were thinking you were like wait is that reese with a brilliant uh no yeah totally different she is um rightfully run down um, down on her luck. Um, the the premise is that she's come. She's recently out of jail um, for a crime and is desperate to get some kind of visitation rights with her younger sister. Um, it takes you on a journey. It's not for the faint of heart. Um, there's some excellent um, story twists and turns and beats. Um, Everyone is great in this. I'm such a. I have such a soft spot for Vincent D'Onofrio. Um, slightly different performance for him. It's a bit more muted, um, but it's yeah. I it's it's a weird one to say. I enjoyed because it's it's tough, but I really enjoyed it. And it's I couldn't look at my phone. I was phones buried in the couch somewhere. No one's getting hold of me. I'm in this until the end. Really, really good. Uh, I didn't like it as much as you, but I think it's fine. Um, I think Bullock is 
pretty incredible in it, uh, and it's probably the the thing I would mention most. I, you know, for mm-hmm. me, the, the, I bring it down a few notches because I don't think it really takes time in this movie to grapple with the things it's introducing in any kind of meaningful way. That's fair. Um, but uh, there's there's still enough like crime thriller, old school, mm-hmm. like edge of your seat kind of stuff that yeah, you're gonna be interested and have a good time um, mm. in it. And by the way, it's called The Unforgivable, which may be why the wrong poster popped right. up. Right. Apologies. Um, that so, might be why. Yeah, yeah. The Unforgivable. It is on Netflix, and it came out right at the end of the year when, like, everything was coming out. So, mm-hmm. um, Oh, it got forgotten. Yeah. Like, it, uh, yeah. It just, unforgivably, it got forgotten. Yeah. <laughs> it's not The Unforgotten. It is The no. Unforgivable. No. And I think, in general, even my kind of middling review was kind of on the high side for what oh, totally. yeah. critics were on, saying on about an island. it and, and that kind of yeah. thing. So, um, yeah. yeah, I was trying to remember what the, yeah, 39% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I don't get it. No, I'm oh, about yeah, I think that Sandra too. Bullock alone is, yeah. is I, worth more than that. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Well, again, again, the Rotten Tomatoes thing is a little bit different because it just means that 39% of people landed on even slightly the negative part. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's uh-huh. like, it's not like an actual. It's squiffy. Yeah. Um, so, but anyway, yeah, the unforgivable is on Netflix and beat star is in your app star. Well, we did it, Ian. We managed to do Yay! a podcast. Imagine that. Who to thunk it, man. You set out to do something. You have all those doubters and they're like, you can't do a podcast. And we're like, yeah, <laughs> just watch us. You can't do a fifth film in a franchise and not call it the fifth film in a franchise. That's right. Watch us. Right. And be looking for our spinoff podcast called Sif Pod. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us today. Sif Pop is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Uh, huge thanks to Ian for hanging out with us today. Uh, hey! Ian, uh, where do you want to uh, send people to uh, check out some fun stuff you're doing? Anything you want to promote? Yeah, you can go to Twitter. I'm at Whitsind, which is W-H-I-T-T-S-I-N-N-E-D. Um, and if you like hearing me talk about movies, but in a much less coherent fashion, it'll be on <laughs> an Englishman and an Irishman go to the movies. The Irishman is the incoherent part. <laughs> uh, also, you do a Star Trek podcast that's also oh, a lot yay. of fun. You should mention that too. Um, I really need to get better at mentioning that. Um, yeah, if you like hearing me and Danae, host mm-hmm. emeritus of, of this very show, mm-hmm. talk about Star Trek... We have um, a show called Captain's Pod. Um, We're on episode five. They're about an hour long, so it's easy to catch up. And at the minute, we're going through um, Star Trek Picard, but there are plans to do other areas of Star Trek as well. Uh, It's a lot, a lot of fun. So there you go. Captain's Pod uh, is available on all podcast platforms, as is an an Englishman and an Irishman go to the movies. You can check out those pods. Uh, thanks to Phil for producing the audio and video show. Thanks to Drew for doing artwork for the show. Much appreciated on that. Uh, and thanks to our Sif Pop members for supporting the show, uh, making this possible. We really appreciate you. If you're interested in seeing what all that's like and possibly supporting, just go check out patreon.com slash Support starts at $3 a month. Um, there are bonus episodes at some levels, some other fun perks. You can check all that out there. Patreon.com slash Sifpop. Uh, if you want to connect with us, feel free to leave a comment or rating or a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. 
And you can email us as well at feedback at sifpop.com. And most importantly, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like this show too. So make sure you let them know about it and that listening is much easier than surviving a horror movie if you've just taken a shower. We'll be back <laughs> next week uh, with The Sifties, two parts, uh, part one uh, next week and part two the week after that as we award the best of 2021 Woo. according to Sif Pop, Sif Pop writers, and Sif Pop contributors. So we will see you next week for that, and thanks for being here. Bye. Bye. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.